Hi, welcome to the New Covenant Presbyterian Church Sermon Podcast, a congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, the OPC, in the San Francisco Bay Area. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of What Does the Bible Say About? Today we're going to be looking at the question of spiritual gifts. What does the Bible say about spiritual gifts? Do the spiritual gifts as we read about them in the New Testament, do they continue to the present day? Now, the reason for this question and the reason why it's important is because of the, the growing popularity, and really it's been popular for quite a, lo- a long time, uh, the popularity of the charismatic and Pentecostal movement, which is not only just popular in our country, in America, but it is in fact popular all over the world. Very many churches all over the world uh, believe in the teachings of the charismatic and Pentecostal movement which are uh, really a, a somewhat different from the teachings of the Reformed Church as it's been uh, historically given, and particularly with regard to the spiritual gifts. And so this is an important thing to think about. Do we expect, on the basis of the witness of the New Testament, to uh, see the continuation of the, the spiritual gifts, particularly prophecy, tongues, gifts of healing, uh, other kinds of miracles, this, this kind of thing? Would we expect, on the basis of the witness of the New Testament, that, that this would be the case? Now, it's important at the outset to make a distinction with regard to spiritual gifts. We are not saying that all spiritual gifts have ceased, as I'm going to argue that that there are some spiritual gifts that have ceased, uh, but it has never been the Reformed position that all spiritual gifts have ceased. The church is always dependent upon the risen Lord Jesus Christ as he's ascended to the right hand of the Father in order to give gifts to men, And the spirit who distributes the gifts as he wills, this church has always and will always be dependent upon the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in giving these spiritual gifts and on the grace of the Holy Spirit distributing them according to his will as the scriptures say. However, there is a distinction between extraordinary gifts and ordinary gifts. All people, and the Reformed camp is very firmly in this position, in this camp as well, believe that the ordinary spiritual gifts continue. And so things like uh, being gifted to be able to teach, uh, that's something that continues down to the present day. Being gifted with hospitality, being uh, gifted with administration, being gifted with service to the saints, uh, all of these things are things that the Lord Jesus Christ continually gifts his church with, and the church is dependent upon uh, the Lord Jesus Christ giving these gifts continually. So when we talk about the continuation of spiritual gifts, particularly with the the debate between uh, the historically Reformed position and the Pentecostal and Charismatic movement and their position, we are not talking about all spiritual gifts. We are only talking about the extraordinary spiritual gifts, that is, that of prophecy, tongues, healings, and other miracles. Those are the only things we're talking about. We we would agree that the ordinary spiritual gifts uh, do continue down to the present. And so what can we say now about uh, these other more extraordinary gifts Uh, of the Spirit. Why is there this distinction between extraordinary and ordinary, and would we expect the extraordinary gifts to continue? Well, the first and most fundamental thing we can say about these extraordinary spiritual gifts is that they are in many ways, and really exclusively, tied to uh, the apostles and those who lived around the time uh, of the redemption that came through the Lord Jesus Christ. We see this as a a regular pattern all throughout the scriptures, not just the New Testament, but even in the Old Testament as well, that uh, there are extraordinary gifts and miracles that happen in connection with particularly particularly great acts of redemption. 
And so this is uh, what happens in the New Testament as well. Christ comes, lots of miracles are done. Uh, his followers are able to do many miracles. The apostles in particular do many miracles. Uh, but this was tied to the particular redemption that came in the Lord Jesus Christ. And now as we think then about what particularly the apostles did, this will become even more clear. Why it is that we would not expect these gifts to continue. First and foremost, the, the apostles uh, and the prophets, as it says in Ephesians chapter 2, are the foundation of the church. The church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. The idea there is that there is the writings of the prophets in the Old Testament, and then there's the writings of the apostles in the, in the New Testament, and they, the apostles in the New Testament, deliver the, the foundational and authoritative word of God for the church that is to be the foundation for the building of the church. And so part of the, the great role of the prophets is that they uh, transmit the message of the Lord Jesus Christ authoritatively for the church. Now, uh, the reason this is important and the reason why we would not expect this to continue is because uh, one of the things that was necessary to be an apostle is that you had to know the Lord Jesus Christ uh, personally. You had to you have seen him. Uh, this is the reason for the criteria that we see with the replacing of Judas in Acts chapter 1. Uh, there had to have been someone who was with them from the very beginning who had been witness to all these things. And this was because the point of the apostles, the, the purpose of the apostles was to deliver the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's important because the Lord Jesus Christ was God's final act of special revelation for the world. Everything that God wanted to say and had to say to his creation, he said in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, which we see very clearly in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, where it says that in many ways and in, in various uh, times, God spoke to the forefathers, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son or by a son. So there is the old method of revealing things, but then in the end, the greatest method that is perfect for God revealing himself to his people is in his son. And the apostles, as those who witnessed and heard from the Lord Jesus Christ directly, were entrusted particularly with that message and to pass that along. Now, if prophecy continues, then this, the greatness of, the, of Christ being the final re, uh, revealer of God is undermined. Uh, if, if it is true that having the Son is far better than having all of those old ways of the Old Testament, which included prophecy, dreams and visions, that sort of thing, it would be quite a backward step for the church to have the revelation of the Son and then to go back to dreams and visions. It would be analogous to the church uh, having the sacrifice of Christ and then going back to the sacrifices system of the Old Testament, the sacrificial system of the Old Testament, which is done away with. It's, it's made uh, superfluous because of the one perfect sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the same thing is true with Christ as a prophet. He is the final and great prophet. He is the last revelation of God to the world. And because of that, once we have the message of the Lord Jesus Christ from the apostles, then there's really no need for that spiritual gift to continue. There's, there's no need for us to, to then have regular prophets of the Old Testament type where they didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, and yet they can communicate God's message via dreams and visions. That is meant to be seen as an inferior way of God communicating to his people when it compared to what the apostles had who knew Jesus Christ while he was on earth. And so uh, part of what we're doing when we say that prophecy has ceased is we are saying we are safeguarding and we are saying that the Lord Jesus Christ is the final and great revelation for his people. And he uh, appeared to men 
and then he went back to heaven and he deposited the message with the particular apostles. And so there's no reason for, uh, for this gift to continue. Now, one of the other things that happened in the New Testament time, which was unique, was the gift of tongues. And this was to be an undoing of uh, the, the dispersion of tongues at the Tower of Babel. And it, meant to, it was meant to signal the inclusion of all the nations uh, into uh, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now the nations were going to be gathered. And there was a particular spiritual gift that, that showed that this was, would be the case. Do we expect that this would continue? Well, the reality is no. It, it was meant to be a sign uh, to show the inclusion of the Gentiles, but it has also fulfilled its purpose. One of the ways in which we can, which we know that the gift of tongues has ceased with the gift of prophecy is that the two are very closely related. Uh, the Apostle Paul, for instance, when he is speaking about the differences between prophecy and tongues in 1 Corinthians 14, makes the point that prophecy is greater than tongues unless unless there is an interpreter of the tongue, at which point then, by implication, the tongue is actually equal to prophecy. That is to say then that the, the, the spiritual gift of tongues is not just that you are able to speak in another language, but that it is communication of revelation in other languages, whereby if you have an interpreter of that, of that tongue which is spoken, of the thing which is spoken in another tongue, then you do in fact have something equivalent to prophecy. That's the implication of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 5. Now, if this is the case, then then the tongue, the, the gift of tongues, would function just like prophecy. If it's meant to be revelatory, then it would also have to cease with uh, the end of the apostles because it is, just like prophecy in general, tied to the revelation that is wrapped up in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Once there is no one else who's witnessed the Lord Jesus Christ, then there's no, and, and, and who has the authority of an apostle, then there's, there's no other revelatory act that can happen uh, that, that would not then implicitly undermine the fact that Christ is the final word given to his people. And so prophecy and tongues are related. Both of them are revelatory. However, the final revelation came in the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we do not expect it to continue. Now, if we talk about then the other gifts, healings or other miracles, great signs and wonders that were done, it's important to keep in mind the function of these within the New Testament and to keep in mind how rare they were. Uh, not many people could do these kinds of things. And in particular, it seems to be uh, restricted mostly to the apostles themselves. And the reason for this is because the purpose of this was to confirm the revelatory words of the prophets. And so if this is meant to confirm the words of the prophets, we wouldn't expect this to continue either because these words have already been completed with the apostles. There's, there's no more words to be spoken and therefore there's nothing left to confirm. What we have deposited in the New Testament is the final revelation and it is perfect in itself. It is the great expression of God's revelation to us in his son and it is in that sense complete. It lacks nothing and therefore we do not expect uh, anything to be added to it um, with regard to the extraordinary spiritual gifts. And so we would not expect these things to continue. One of the things that uh, the position that the extraordinary spiritual gifts continuing, one of the, the, the negative effects of this position is that it implies that the Bible is not all we need and it in some way undermines the importance of the scriptures. One of the reasons why the scriptures are so important is because those other methods for determining the will of God and for knowing what God has revealed to us they have ceased. And therefore, what we have is the scriptures. And so we, we don't just 
uh, argue against the extraordinary spiritual gifts and their continuation for no reason. We do it in order to uphold the, the sufficiency, the greatness, the perfection of the, of the scriptures as we have them. So hopefully you found this helpful. Tune in next week for another episode as we tackle another question on what does the Bible say about. Thanks for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast as it will help out our uh, podcast channel and make the teachings of the Word of God more widely available. If you'd like more information about our church, you can find out more at our website at newcovopcssf.com. That's N-E-W-C-O-V-O-P-C-S-S-F.com.